Welcome to Consciousness Unfiltered. Get ready for a very different, vulnerable, and uncensored conversation with Dr. Anthony Mattis and his amazing guests. They'll be sharing the powerful tools of access consciousness that have helped thousands of people all over the world to create change in every area of their lives. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Consciousness Unfiltered. I am Dr. Anthony Mattis, and I am joined by my amazing friend and guest, Jenny Lynn Coley. And the topic of today is, is being a single mom, raising your kids in consciousness. So, hey, Jenny Lynn, thanks for joining me. How Thank you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> awesome, awesome. Could you give us like a little bit of a, a background? Just, um, you know, I know a, a lot of what we do on this podcast is we talk about the tools of access consciousness and where people were before they started and and sort of like what's shown up as a result of it and where they are now, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, tell us a little bit about your background and um, yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been a very curious person and a personal growth junkie. Like I was reading books, going to seminars, listening to audios in my car, like ever since I was a little kid, my mom got me started on that really early. So I've, I'm always curious about everything, how everything works and how I can improve myself and, and grow. And um, I became a mom actually really young. I was 15 when I had my daughter and I didn't really know or have words to put to what I was doing at the time. But that whole ask and receive thing that we talk about a lot in access, like that was something that was innate. And I just didn't have the words to put to it yet. Mm. It, I'm clearer on it now as I've been on this access journey. So I was always in gifted and talented classes, um, you know, growing up. And when I got pregnant with my daughter at 15, my mom wanted to send me to an alternative school mm. where I would have been very bored <laughs> and very unstimulated uh, intellectually. Right, and, and like, what's an alternative school? What do you mean by that? Like not a regular traditional high school. It's like a school where like kids who are pregnant or kids who are having trouble in school where they would go. So they get very minimal um, educational simulation, don't have the same sort of electives and things like that available. Interesting. Um, That's interesting, yeah. for someone who's in the gifted and talented program. So it wasn't a school for the gifted and talented. It was no. a school for, for, you know, Someone You're a pregnant teen. Me. We're going to punish you and send you here. You can't go to <laughs> okay. school with the rest of the kids. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I'm just trying to be clear about that. Okay, cool. That's, that's an interesting choice. So did that happen? Like yeah. what happened? It didn't happen. Um, and I think that that was partly too, because I grew up really religious. I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. And um, if you sneeze wrong, you're going to hell for those of you that don't know anything about that particular religion. Like literally, I remember having to like beg to be a cheerleader in high school because the games were on Friday nights and we like had Sabbath from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. It was like a big thing. Everything was very controlled. Right. Um, and so we did the whole church thing a lot. It was like a junior deaconess and very involved in the choir, all of those things. And then when I got pregnant, it was like, I shamed the family. Oh, okay. Um, even with my grandpa, like he would do this thing where like he was competing with another family member for whose granddaughter was like the best one and the smartest one and the most accomplished oh one. 
So I think part of that whole thing with her wanting to send me to an alternative school was her just figuring out the best thing she could do to minimize the shaming and like still make sure wow. I was okay. Wow. Sort of a thing. All about and, um, the image. Yeah, there was a lot of that, you know, and I don't fault her for that. It's just like she was doing the best she could with what she knew at the time sure, and sure. the tools she had. But me being the curious person I am, um, I just started asking questions and I don't remember what adult it was or, or how the conversation even came to be, but I remember that I was asking, right? And I ended up finding out that the high school I went to, mm -hmm. it was halfway across town, downtown. We didn't have city buses by my house. So there was really no way for me to get there, but that um, high school had an infant lab on campus and they actually had it like structured to where any students there could take the infant lab as like an elective. So they could go and spend time with the babies for one class period a day. They had all these child development classes, but it was in a regular high school setting. So, yeah. you know, I got to cheer and play basketball and student government and student TV broadcasts and the whole nine. And I just took my daughter to school with me every day. And purely Aww. because... I was in the computer math science magnet program at my middle school. I was able to take the school bus, which was like, you know, not even a quarter right. of a mile up the, the way to school every day. Wow. Wonderful. So were you a junior in high school at this point or a sophomore? Sophomore. Holy Going into my smokes. sophomore year. Wow. So yeah. let me ask you this question, if you don't mind, and you don't have to answer it because it's, you know, you know, and, and there's a lot of different points of view out there about, you know, if you get pregnant, you know, there, you have the one point of view is like, yeah, that's a life. You, 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 you have that baby, give it up for adoption, keep it, whatever, but you don't make the choice to, you know, have an abortion or anything like that. Was that your choice to keep the baby, your family's choice, your religion's choice? Like, like that, that, that's a big deal to, it's a, so like, could you share that? Would you mind sharing like what was going through your head as a 15 year old besides like not looking good in the family's eyes? Like, yeah, I mean, the hormones are going, they're raging, we're curious about our bodies. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. It was a combination of things. So my, um, my parents got divorced when I was about 11, and I'm the oldest, right? So I kind of became like a mini mom, really young anyway. My okay. mom was working, you know, she became a single mom. So she was working, she was busy a lot. So I was taking care of my siblings. So there's yeah. some piece of it that oddly, as weird as it sounds, was a little bit like innate to be like mothering and yeah. be a nurturer. Sure. And then there's the religion piece, right? Because it was like, you do not have an abortion. That's murder. That's like a cardinal right. sin. You don't do that. So there's that piece. Ironically, though, my mom wanted me to have an abortion at that okay. time. Wow. And it was me that, that said. The image? Was that like to like do it in secret so you didn't shame the family? I think that that was a piece of it. And I get that there also was a piece of it as she was concerned about like how that was going to affect my life, becoming gotcha. a mom at such a young age. So I think gotcha. it was both. Okay. For sure. Um, okay. But ultimately, I was the one that was like, no. And I've always been like pro-choice when it comes to everyone else's bodies. But like for me, I just like couldn't do it. And it was definitely tied to the religious guilt for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So so fast forward, like you're senior now and the baby's three years old at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what like what were you so what were your possibilities at that time? You go to go to university or if you did go to university, you would go locally like what, what was going on at that point in that stage of the game? 
If I had done what I really wanted to do, I would have gone to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And I got in, (laughs) but my mom was also really worried about, you know, me being a young mom and how am I going to provide for her? So I went more of the traditional route with college. I applied to, I want to say like six universities, got into five out of six of them and ended up going the private school route. Um, And, you know, my first year was completely paid for with it was, yeah, I went, I went locally. Yeah, I applied okay. all to schools um, in California because I lived in California at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at one in New York. So I almost went, went to uh, Syracuse University and ended up yeah. not going that route. Um, so I ended up at University of San Diego, which is a private uh, Catholic school oh. in San Diego. I didn't know that. U- University of San Diego is a private Catholic school? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. All right. Did not know that. <laughs> All right. So, so then you drove back and forth to home, uh, I guess. Yeah, I or- stayed at home at first um, before I moved out and just commuted back and forth. And they had like a daycare there on campus. So I took my daughter there and, and went to class. Wow. Pledge the sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma, whole okay. night. <laughs> well, the one thing I know about you, because, you know, you um, are basically the, the lead person on our gaggle or our team and is that you can multitask (laughs) you are a multitasker i've never seen anybody multitask at such a high capacity as you and so it doesn't surprise me that you were able to you know have a baby go to university and then you're telling me you joined a sorority i mean like that's like unheard of so (laughs) some that's some like uh mega super superpowers there so nice (laughs) So, okay. So like, okay. So that was life at that particular time. Your mom exposed you to sort of like self-help stuff and all that different type of stuff. Like what, how did life go on for you? And like, what sort of made you have an attraction, so to speak, to like access consciousness and stuff? Like what, what were you looking for at that particular time in your life? Mm. Well, the first time I had my bars run, I was actually in the middle of a really nasty divorce. And um, I was part of a women's group and there was a woman in there that was offering to run everyone's bars. And so I went to her office and I had a session and I just remember like crying. Not that this has to be everyone's experience when you have your bars run for the first time, that's not the case. But for me, like I was releasing a lot at that yeah. time and so yeah. I just remember like kind of going in and out of sleep and, and crying and I was just like whoa like what what was that what is that and this was um after I had started having some conversations with a friend of mine that ran the group and we would sit and we would have these lunches and one-on-ones and like I would just notice like little tingly sensations in my body and I'm like what is this because mm. I never really learned to really be in touch with my body um my father actually molested me when I was nine. And this was like way before, well, not way before, but a couple of years before my parents divorced. Um, yeah. And I think that that also had something to do with me getting pregnant so young. Cause I was like looking for love in all the wrong places and not really feeling yeah. like I could trust the adults in my life, um, let alone myself or my own body. Sure. Right. And so, um, and ended up in some toxic relationships, right? Like my choices in men have not been that great this lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Could you, okay. Let me see. How do I say this? Um, 
so here you are, you have these, these gifts, obviously, and, you know, talents are gifted and talented and all that. And, you know, you're not the only teenager who's, um, you know, having fun with your body, right. <laughs> and not the only teenager, but, but did you, how do I, mm, some folks, including myself, find ways to distract ourselves from what we're capable of being and doing. Mm -hmm. And I know for me as well, it was like, I felt like the only thing that I can, like I thought about was finding the one, you know, finding that wonderful romantic relationship. And once I had that in place, then the rest of my life would be cake. So was that sort of something that you, did you, was like love and romance, something that distracted you from sort of, I guess, staying the course so that you can, you know, um, maximize <laughs> your talents, abilities, and gifts, which you ended up doing anyway, but like, I don't know, was, was some of that quest a distraction? Did it pull you away from what was actually possible at that time, I guess? Absolutely. Without question, without a doubt. Um, Cause even, you know, my daughter's father, he still calls me to this day, <laughs> and, no. you know, we're still good friends, but um, we were together for a couple of years before I got pregnant and I thought we were going to get married and he was going to be the yeah. one. And yeah, there was yeah. all of that going on, um, you know, and in several relationships after that, even with my youngest dad, the one that um, I was in the nasty divorce with when I found the access tools, I thought, you know, we were going to be together forever. So there has been sort of that search and also major distraction. And it would always seem like right when I was like really on this amazing path without even yeah. realizing it, then I was distracted and off course sucked into like the life and hopes and dreams of whoever I was with at mm. that time. So let's look at that piece. And I like the hopes and dreams because, you know, when we run access bars, it's these 32 points on your head. And, and one of the points are, or two of the points are hopes and dreams, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, but, but there's a piece here. I think there's a lot of things that you've hit on abuse, you know, the molestation piece, that's one, which again, in access consciousness, as you know, there's a, this is more for the listeners is, we actually have resources for abuse. We have the class, we have the body process. Um, we have the verbal clearing to actually help dissipate and release that abuse out of your universe so that that doesn't have to like dictate your relationships moving forward or your life moving forward for that matter. Um, so you have that piece and then there, there's the distraction piece of that love and romance. Why do you, hmm, why do you think that that sort of superseded what were what yeah why do you think that you're that that superseded your awareness of the fact that shit i'm gifted and talented i could accomplish anything in this world but yet there were these detours like mm -hmm. what was it about like now knowing what you know now Mm -hmm. And looking back, what, what tools could you wish you have had at that time that you didn't have at that time that you would have actually recognized that as more of a distraction from really being able to exercise and utilize the gifted and talented capacities that you have? 
mm-hmm. and still do. So. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's there's a few of them. One one piece of that is like you know, consciousness includes everything and judges nothing, and that includes me. So for so long, I would like give myself up to take care of everything and everyone else and leave me out of the equation. Part of that was because I, because of some level of awareness of those talents and capacities, like I know I can always recreate it. I know I can get it back. Like, and, you know, so there's that piece. Interesting. yeah, it is really that's interesting. Huge. So that's yeah, that well, well, again, it just yeah, it's well, that's that's awesome. That yeah, that that isn't almost an that is an acknowledgement of what you're capable of. Like yeah, I could take this detour, but if I want to get back on track, I will, no problem. <laughs> yeah, and like, how much more could I have created along the way if I was including me in the equation, and then cre- right. was able to create more to then gift to others rather than gifting to them from, you know, cause I was like always the kind of person I'll give the shirt off my back, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Which it's not so wrong. It's like, you can gift a lot more when you're willing to have more too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You gave the shirt off your back, but it would be the death of you. You'd like freeze to death. And then <laughs> the other person would eventually find a way to get rid of that shirt. <laughs> exactly. So I do not highly recommend going down that path. <laughs> There's an easier way. Thank goodness for the tools, right? Um, So there's that piece. And then there's also, which a lot of this really started really unwinding and undoing itself when I went back home to San Diego this um, past holidays in December and had like the most amazing conversation with my mom. And for so long, I was like literally biomimetically mimicking, which that's a thing in access. It's like a thing that exists in nature, right? It's like how butterflies will make themselves look like other poisonous butterflies so that they don't get eaten, how chameleons can change their spots, right? It's a survival thing. So it's a capacity and you can really use it against you too, right? So I was biomimetically mimicking my mother's reality in an effort and an attempt to heal her. Mm-hmm. So I've mm. spent a lot of my life, like literally like duplicating relationships, <laughs> like never letting myself get too big. What? Do, sorry, what did you, you say? You didn't stop with your mom though. You biomedically mimicked others as well? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I like the chameleon capacity is massive. I can, I, yeah. it's, it's definitely a capacity. Um, and when I look at like things like relationships yep. and finances, like I would just never let myself go too far so that I wouldn't outcreate her. And it, like, there was so many layers underneath it of like trying to heal her yeah. rather than stepping up and being all of me and inviting her into that possibility to also choose that for herself. Right. Wow. So that was part of the gift of that really healing conversation. Cause like she shared so many things with me that she hadn't before mm. around the nature of her relationships, how she grew up, like how she saw things and um, things that she would actually like to choose to change too. Mm-hmm. And part of that has also wow. been because of where I have been choosing, she's been watching me and seeing that it's also possible. So it wasn't because of any advice that you were giving her. She was just recognizing a new energy and space that you were being. And it actually gave her that safe space to start sharing what she hadn't been willing to share before. Is that sort of kind of what happened? 
Yes. And a lot of it too is like, you know, our relationship's been rocky for a number of years. And like a lot of it started when that molest incident happened because she didn't find out right away. But when I finally told her, she actually sat me down in front of my dad and he admitted it. And what got created in my universe when that happened as a child, you know, not understanding all of the parts and pieces and dynamics for me, it seemed like I told her she didn't really believe me. So she needed to confirm it with him. And even after she did, she did nothing. They still were trying to work on their relationship. There was still, you know, so like it really created a lot of like mistrust in my world and her and I kind of, you know, like we were at odds for a really long time. And every time I would like try to use my capacities to like make things greater in the house and like, you know, you know me, my systems and structures and like, how can things flow and be ease? (laughs) Like I would do that. And then I would get accused of like trying to take over the house or, you know, Uh just all this weird (laughs) stuff. right? Um, And so like me being able to sit with her, not just in that conversation, but like in a couple of others too, because she actually came to one of my intro classes I facilitated and like really let her know that like I am not upset with her I don't hold anything against her I still love her I'm grateful for her I'm grateful for everything she's given me and everything that's happened because it's all contributed to the person I am today like it allowed her to take herself off the hook and stop feeling like a bad mom because I think that she really felt like she was a bad mom yeah can you, were there any particular tools that you used along the way with access um, or anything else for that matter that helped the abuse sort of to like release and dissipate out of your world so you could actually get to that space? Ugh, which tools haven't I used? Okay, so, I mean, um, you, you, you know, talked about the access bars and that's actually the first place that we typically start when we, when we yeah. do access what other tools like sort of jump out at you if you could share a couple of them receiving the bars receiving body processes receiving the abuse hold itself multiple times and listening to that audio over and over again were definitely all super helpful um you know just the the questions the clearing statement um do you feel like the abuse has a hold on you anymore no nice how does it get mm-hmm. better than that so yeah. it's like you can get the abuse recording for just 35 dollars for those of you who are listening and have been through any kind of abuse it doesn't have to be like like uh physical verbal or sexual but it could also be like financial abuse it could be all sorts of abuses that you may have experienced and the, the abuse hold is more of an energetic clearing process to start creating space for you so that you have to listen to it at least 30 times before you could actually receive the abuse hold body process from a practitioner. But so that's pretty awesome. Wow. Um, so yeah, so those are the things, the, the access bars, the body processes, the abuse hold, you did the abuse hold recording. Um, mm-hmm. How would you say your life is different right now today in this moment compared to sort of like, I guess that, that journey and, and not just with yourself, but like, maybe how about like with your awareness with, with men, with lovers? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really on a much deeper level, like getting the value and the potency of choice. 
Mm. Right. Like it's really easy to go into victim and reason and justification, <laughs> like get distracted and caught up in all of that. And um, at the end of the day, you know, like Gary says, like choice trumps everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so simple yet so complex at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that mm -hmm. sometimes like you'll like, do you find yourself tending to go down? Let's say, especially like if you meet a guy or something like that, wanting to go down that path, but then you start using the tools and you realize that that may not be a path that's going to create greater. It may be another one of those like distraction type things. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, this just happened, you know, a couple months ago, someone that I was with 20 plus years ago came back into the picture and was like sort of doing all the love bombing. And I was like looking at it, playing with it, following the energy and going for the ride and just really like being in question around it. So I would say the greatest gift I have now in my life from using these tools is aside from choice, really trusting myself. It's mm. not perfect, right? Like It's not perfect. It's not always. And the relationship that I have with myself today and like trusting what I know is so vastly different than even like a year mm. ago, right? And yeah. being able to go, mm, yeah, that doesn't work for me and not needing to have a reason why. Sure, right. Right, and like, not dismissing or ignoring the the signals, the the pink flags or the red flags, right? Yeah. <laughs> I call them, you know, because I have done that in the past. That's how I ended up with my youngest son's father. Like there were lots of red flags that I yeah. could be like, oh, well, I was only 21. I was young. I didn't, you know, like I could come up with all the reasons and the justifications, but at the end of the yeah. day, I didn't trust myself and yeah. I ignored what I knew and chose against myself in that way. And so I am much less, I, my tendency to do that is far less now because of these tools and really learning to trust myself and follow my awareness and ask a question and like wow. perceive the energy of, if I choose this, what will my life be like in five years? And if I don't choose it, what will my life be like? And really not need the answers, not need all the details, like really just trusting the energy. Cool. That's awesome. Just kind of like what we did for this call. It's like, we're like, what are we going to talk about? And I had no idea that, that, that I was going to be asking you about abuse stuff. So, um, and I, I'm wondering how many other teenagers are going through what you went through way back when, have, or and just people in general who've, who've gone through what you've gone through, uh, you know, getting pregnant young, uh, you know, having abuse. Um, and, you know, a lot of us have been on detours, especially in the pursuit of, of love, <laughs> of love and romance and uh good lord uh, the biggest yeah, distractor implant of them all <laughs> so um so i know you do offer private sessions and stuff like that for bars and i believe body processes uh is that correct mm -hmm. yeah. okay is there is there a way that people can like find you like if they're like in town and local that you know um that they could actually call you up for a session Absolutely. Yeah, they can go on to my website, either permission to thrive.com or jennyland.com, either one, and connect with me that way. And I do do some remote sessions as well. 
Sweet, sweet. Are there some other things? I know there's some other things like you're involved in, like some other businesses. Would you like to share some of that? Sure. Um, I am an avid lover of the industrial hemp plant (laughs) and all the many things that it can do for our planet and our bodies. And to me, that's just like also an extension of like the healing um, that's available to with, with access. So, um, I do education around that, that stuff as well. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, there you have it folks. And uh, if you want more information about access consciousness in general, you could go to accessconsciousness.com. If you'd like any more information about me and the classes that I have going on around the world, you can go to dranthonymattis.com. So, um, thanks for joining me and being part of this and thank you for being such a huge instrumental part of my business the business um you know you're an amazing gift to me so i just wanted to say thank you and to the world as well thank you thank you so much for having me you're welcome all right i'll see you soon bye-bye bye thank you so much for taking the time to listen If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more about Anthony, please come visit dranthonymattis.com. And if you'd like to know more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com.